Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. We are back today with Ken Ham and Abby. Um, and as Abby mentioned at the end of uh, the episode yesterday, Ken is part of the Schoolhouse Rocked cast, and we are just so privileged to have you as part of that. Um, we, we told the story just a few weeks ago when we had Brian Osborne on the podcast with us. We had actually um, reached out to um, Answers in Genesis and said, hey, we're going to be in the Cincinnati area. We would love to interview Ken for the movie. And they said, well, he's going to be out of town when you're going to be here but you can interview Brian Osborne. We were like, um, okay, sure. We had no idea who he was and that interview ended up being such a blessing to us. And then we were so excited that maybe it was about a year or year and a half later, you were at a homeschool convention at the Teach Them Diligently homeschool convention that we were gonna be at. And, um, and so you were so generous and kind to give us some of your time while you were there and speak to us on the issues of, um, you know, the, what we're talking about today, salt and light and children walking away from the church and why all of these things are happening in our culture and what we as parents can do about that. Um, so we are very, very grateful, Ken, to have you as part of the cast. If you guys haven't been paying attention, the movie is going to release on Friday, November 12th. We are so very excited about that. If you are not yet signed up for our newsletter, make sure that you sign up at schoolhouserocked.com. You will be able to get all the information you need on the website of how you can stream it to your home, how you can do a group showing of it. Um, there's just so much excitement going on right now around the release of this movie. It's been a five-year journey for our family. So we are very, very excited to get it into your hands. Um, Ken, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, I want to talk about what is called the seven C's of history. And um, to be completely transparent, I never had actually heard of it spoken this way as the seven seas of history until we went to the creation museum about, uh, I guess it was when we interviewed, uh, Brian. So that was about four years ago. And we walked through this display and I was like the seven seas of history. I'm not exactly sure what that is. Um, and this is a, this is just kind of one of those tools that I think every Christian parent, um, can use to help guide and direct their kids' hearts towards Christ. So I would love for you, Ken, to explain to us what the seven seas of history are and why they matter. Well, you know, um, years and years ago, in fact, going back to the 70s and early 80s, uh, I had a real burden to build a creation museum uh, because I found that, uh, you know, kids I was teaching in, in school, I was a science teacher in a public school, actually, back in uh, the 70s, and they were saying, sir, you know, the Bible's not true because of what we're taught about evolution and millions of years. And, you know, I went to museums and always from an evolutionist perspective and, you know, atheistic perspective. And then uh, going and teaching in churches and just finding people, people sort of look, as I talk to Christians, I realize they sort of say, 
well, you know, you've got evolution over here and then there's the issue of marriage over here and the family here. And then there's, you know, how do you deal with fossils and, you know, all these different topics and it's all sort of over here and all over the place. And, and I realized, wait a minute, they don't understand Christian worldview and the foundation from God's word. And what I realized was people didn't understand that linear view of history. I mean, if you, if you start with the Bible and Genesis, then it walks you through God made a perfect world and there was no death, there was no disease, and he made the first two people, Adam and Eve, and gave them a choice and Adam rebelled and that's when sin came into the world and death as a judgment. There was no death before then. God killed animals and gave coats of skins to Adam and Eve, and that's the origin of clothing. The first blood sacrifices are covering for their sin, pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the promise of the Savior is given in Genesis 3.15 mm -hmm. and then Genesis 3.21 with the sacrificial system there. And then people, you know, rebelled against God, even, even following on from there, and that is now there's going to be thorns and thistles, there's going to be weeds, we're going to have to work even hard now to earn our food and the sweat of our brow. God gave man dominion over the creation, uh, so uh, man is to use it for for man's good and for God's glory. But then the event of the of the flood of Noah's day, people rebelled, and Noah's ark is a picture of salvation. They had to go through one door to be saved. That's a picture of Jesus. And then because of the flood, there are fossils all over the world. And then they come out of the ark and increase in number and then rebel again at the Tower of Babel. God gives different languages. People form different people groups all over the earth. And so if you follow that history through, then you realize, okay, once I understand these major events of history, then I can look at the world today and understand what mm -hmm. I'm seeing and why things are the way they are. And so then as you put on, I call it biblical glasses, right? right. So I have to have my glasses on for reading because I'm, you know, you deteriorate as you're getting old. Right. The answer's in Genesis, it's because of sin. <laughs> and <laughs> the judgment, we're all running down, right? Uh, so <laughs> that's another thing to understand. You know, we get sick because of our sin in Adam. Right. That's not God's fault. Things are running down. We're the ones that rebelled in Adam. So once you understand that history, and you can say, oh, now I know why there are fossils all over the world because of the flood. Now I know why there are flood legends and cultures all over the world. There was a real flood and they inherited those stories, but they've changed them. And now I can understand why there are different people groups because of the Tower of Babel. Now I understand why there's death and suffering in the world. It's not God's fault. It's our fault because we sinned in Adam. And so what I wanted to do was to have a series of exhibits and this was the beginnings of, you know, the thinking of building a creation museum. In fact, the, that was the first script I wrote. The script was what we call the seven seas of history. So creation, perfect creation, corruption, the entrance of sin and death, catastrophe, the flood of Noah's day, um, and then uh, the Tower of Babel, confusion. Mm -hmm. And so they're the four, first four seas, which is Genesis 1 to 11, right. which is then mm -hmm. the foundation for everything. And then... Christ cross consummation, mm. the fact that, you know, uh, the whole message of the Bible, right. it concerns us, our problem, sin, mm -hmm. the solution in Christ. And of course, the gospel uh, has its foundation in Genesis, the origin of sin, the origin of death, the promise of the Savior. So Christ cross consummation, and that is revelation, uh, if you like the, you know, the last two chapters of revelation, 
the new heavens and new earth. One day there's going to be a restoration when there'll be a new earth, uh, new heavens. There'll be no more death, no more sin, like it was originally before sin. And so the seven seas have become really popular. Um, yeah. People love teaching it. It's interesting. It translates into seven seas in Spanish, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> interesting. Seven seas. But there are people teaching it in China, and they, they oh. call it the seven uh, the seven periods or oh, the wow. seven mm-hmm. ages, seven biblical ages or the oh. seven periods or something like that. And so I've even taken those seven seas. And as an example for people, you want to explain dinosaurs. So a book called Dinosaurs for Kids, which I say, um, you know, based on the seven seas of history, I come up with the seven ages of dinosaurs uh, and the seven ages of dinosaurs. You know, when were they formed on day six when God made all the land animals? Because mm-hmm. the word dinosaur is a modern word. It's just right. an arbitrary term for a number of different kinds of land animals. God made God made them. So I, I come up with the seven, uh, seven uh, ages, if you like, of dinosaurs. And there's formed and fallen. Uh, you know, they were vegetarian to start with, but then sin entered the world. And then the flood, two of each kind of land animal got on the ark. And and so you go through and you can uh, you can use the seven seas to really explain everything. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in particular, the first four seas and then a reminder of the last one, consummation, what's going to happen in the future. Uh, so when you want to deal with the issue of races and racism, well, God created Adam and Eve, and mm-hmm. they had children. Eight survived on that ship. They come off that ship, increase in number, the Tower of Babel. Again, it's that foundation. And so as parents here at the Creation Museum, a centerpiece of the museum is the seven seas of history. Yep. Mm-hmm. And really it's the whole foundation for our Bible curriculum mm-hmm. for Sunday school and our Bible curriculum for homeschool. Uh, and as people walk their children through, See, God made a perfect world, and yeah. you see the beautiful Garden of Eden, and then the fall, and you go through the cave of sorrows, corruption, mm-hmm. and now look what happened uh, because of our sin, and now look at what the world the way it is, and then there's uh, the flood of Noah's day, and that's why there are fossils, and then the Tower of Babel, that's why the different people groups, mm-hmm. and then God sent his son to become a member of the one human race. We're all related because we all go back to Adam and Eve, to die on a cross because death was a penalty for sin, conquer death, be raised from the dead, offers a new, offers a free gift of salvation. And we know when we die, those of us who are Christians will be with the Lord forever. But if we're here when he returns, he's going to make a new heavens and a new earth. And that's it. That from Genesis to that's Revelation, awesome. that's Amazing. the history. So instead of looking in the Bible as just a book of spiritual things, moral things, relationships, it's sort of right. out here and you sort of add it to your thinking. Right. No, it's the foundation right. for all your thinking in every area. Yeah. I and love. then the public school came along and took the very foundational foundation part and said, you know, there was no creation. Not, none of that actually right. existed and then from that point everything has right. crumbled there are no answers to anything and everything's taught really yep. on lies or right. lack of truth well and you know you said something as that's really important for people to understand what the secular world does they look at this world today and what they see we see fossils we see death we see disease evil violence they look right. at all that and then they say well okay so how did this come about uh, over millions of years, and they try to come up with how all this came about. Right. Whereas right. God right. says, I was there, right. <laughs> and here's what's happened. 
Sure. So you can understand why the world is the way it is. Right, right. And They're trying to make different. sense out of chaos. Totally. Right. And they can't do it. Yep. So yep. let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Ken. Um, we have a few minutes left. Um, and I, I have a question that I want to ask to you because this kind of circles back to what we talked about at the very beginning when you talked about your father and the legacy that he left for you. Um, and one of the questions that I really like to ask dads, Christian dads in particular, is how do you capture the heart of your child and keep the heart of your child from the time that they're young until into their adulthood. You know, I think so often we think of our kids, you know, we're like, we're just parenting them for the first 18 years of their lives. But as I'm growing older and my kids are getting older and I have friends whose kids are getting older, I realize more and more that it doesn't end when they're 18 years old. That relationship continues with our children long after they're out of our home. And so how can fathers specifically, um, but, but mothers as well, capture and keep the hearts of our children so that they will um, really reflect on the, the relationship that they have with us in light of the relationship that they have with the Lord. You know, it's interesting that um, uh, when my father passed away, uh, his memorial service in 1995, actually, and all, all the kids, um, all six kids, uh, we're going to get up and give a, a, a little uh, talk about their father at mm -hmm. the memorial service. And we, you know, we're all different. We're all different personalities. Sure. Uh, we um, didn't, didn't sort of talk to each other about it. This was going to be from us, from who we are. Right. And it's interesting. Each one of us got up in, a, in our own way and different ways. We all said the same thing. Mm. Wow. We all said our father taught us to stand on the word of God, to mm. never be ashamed of it. He taught us to be bold. He taught us to defend the Christian faith. And uh, he, he raised us up on that foundation and it's impacted our lives and uh, the spiritual legacy that he's passed on. It's interesting, one of my friends who was there at the memorial service afterwards said to me, he said, you know, he said, um, just listening to that, I'm gonna go home and ask my kids, what are you going to say about me when I'm dead? Wow. And That's I dangerous. Thought, I thought that'd be a good uh, good title for a book. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> what, are, what are you going to say about, what are my kids going to say about me when I'm dead? Um, so, and really that's what, that's a good question for us to ask. If you, you know, stand back and take it seriously. Sure. You, mm -hmm. you know, what are your kids going to say about you when you're dead? Right. Because that's what's important. And I, we need to be reminded of what Paul said about Timothy. You know, he's talking to Timothy and he said that from a childhood you have known the scriptures. And one of the things that we need to make sure is, uh, well, I'd say number one, fathers need to be saying to themselves, what does God's word say? Not my opinion, not what I read in a book somewhere necessarily, but what is my role as a father? Mm -hmm. Because most fathers haven't taken on that God-given, God-commanded role to be the spiritual head of their house. Right. You see, you know, 
we got the world today emphasizing this whole aspect of equality. But the point is, we, you know, men and women are equal in value before the Lord, obviously, and equally sinners and equally offered the free gift of salvation, but we don't have equal roles. God right. gave us different roles. Amen. And we have roles that complement each other, and we're to be submissive to each other in the roles God gave us. But one of the roles he gave men was uh, to be uh, the spiritual head of their home. Fathers to the children shall make known your truth. Read Psalm 78. I encourage mm. fathers to go and read Psalm 78. Fathers teach your children so they'll teach their children so they'll teach their children. Yeah. But then it talks about, but don't be like the fathers who didn't do that. Mm. And just like in, uh, you know, when Joshua died, there rose another generation uh, who rebelled against God because the fathers didn't teach their children. Right. And then husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Part of your role is to pour out that sacrificial love on your wife. Do your parents see you, do your children see you doing that? Do they see that love that you have, that you'd be prepared to die for her, that you pour out on her sacrificially? And so fathers need to be obedient to what the scripture says. And right from when our children were born, people thought we're crazy, but we would use all sorts of books and materials. Uh, we had some of the you know early uh, dinosaur creation apologetics books in those days and books uh, that would have pictures of accounts from the Bible. Notice mm -hmm. I didn't say stories. Right. Uh, accounts <laughs> from the Bible, uh, and whether it's Daniel and the Lions Den or whatever. But right from a young age, we'd show them these books, these pictures, and point to them and sing with them, uh, sing them songs as well, and and teach them. And as they grew older, then they start to take notice of the pictures and point at them. And then uh, we could actually read the text, and then eventually they read the text. In other words, it's sort of like... Um, you know, Australians who eat Vegemite, we love Vegemite. You know, <laughs> black paste made from the leftover sludge from breweries, they add salt to it and sell it as food. But uh, you put it thinly on, on uh, you know, a toast with butter and put it thinly on that or on a cracker with butter. Um, but how did our parents get us to acquire a taste for Vegemite? Because most Americans, if they taste it, <laughs> claim it destroys their taste buds for millions of years or something. But uh, the, our parents would put a little bit in our mouth as as you know, little kids, little babies, mm -hmm. put a little bit, and we would acquire a taste for it. Yeah. And when you have taught them to acquire a taste for mm -hmm. something from when they're young, it's with them for the rest of their mm -hmm. lives. And mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting. Um, this month we're doing this interview, and I have a one of those um, milestone birthdays. Actually, ah. um, I tell people sixty-eight plus two. What nice! Have, my wife <laughs> well, says, "Get birthday. over it." <laughs> but I haven't got over it yet. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, we had a, a special uh, birthday party sort of thing at the Answer Centre at the Ark with oh. some of our close friends and acquaintances and also our family. And our five kids, uh, you know, four of them are married and have, um, you know, our 18 grandchildren. Wow. And we have one single daughter. But our five kids got up and gave uh, a special program for them. It was hilarious. But... <laughs> At the same time, they also talked about their father. And one of the things they said was, you know, and we always remember our father making sure a priority of having devotions with us as kids. Yeah. And mm -hmm. when he was away preaching, we know mum did it, but our dad always made sure yeah. that that happened. And, you know, mm -hmm. a number of the things that they said showed that their father mm -hmm. had impact and they, mm -hmm. they look and they learn. Yeah. And they remember those things. And if you as a father have spent the time with your children and shown that 
that you are leading the spiritual things and loving mm -hmm. your wife and leading your family in spiritual things and and putting the things of God first. You know, my mother drummed into me, God first, others second, yourself last. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll never forget that. That's right. She drummed that into us over and over again. And my parents were extremely generous. Um, they were giving parents. They would, they would help people uh, with whatever they could if they had it to help. And our... Our kids even mentioned that about us as parents. And yeah. so, you know, like you you actually mentioned uh, something before, uh, Yvette, that really comes from Deuteronomy 6. You know, you ought to teach your children when they walk, when they lie mm -hmm. down, when yeah. they rise up, when they lie down. In everything you do, you're yeah. teaching your children. And I tell you, yeah. when your children are growing and they give a program like they did uh, at the, this party, uh, it, <laughs> it shows you, yes, they were looking and learning, even yeah. things that you didn't realize they were. Even, even right. the you know, the um, the negative things, you know, sure. the bad, of <laughs> and that as well because they remember. Yeah. Well. Well. Now you're you're going to know what they would say about you after you're dead. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Well, Ken, thank you for your encouragement this week. It has been such an absolute honor and delight to have you with us. Um, again, it's been just a privilege to have you as part of the cast of Schoolhouse Rocked. Thank you for the encouragement that you have brought to our family, the resources that you've brought to our family. I mean, I just stand in awe mm -hmm. of what the Lord has done through your obedience to him. We talk about it all the time on the podcast and that, you know, we, we again, I, I showed the sweatshirt that I got at the Creation Museum. We were all created on purpose and for a purpose. And each one of us has a role in God's kingdom. And so thank you for saying yes to what God has called you to do because you have impacted the lives of literally millions of people along with the staff of of Answers in Genesis, you know, God, mm -hmm. I, I love that you talked about how God just brought the people to you. He has done that. And I know that there are still many more to come, um, but but God is, is using you in a mighty way to impact lives and to impact lives for eternity, because that is truly what matters. So thank you yes. for what you do. Thank you for uh, the ministry of Answers in Genesis. And um, thank you for being with us this week. It has been an absolute honor. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for what you do in uh, getting the word out and challenging people. You know, God uses people's talents and gifts he's given them and brings it all together and impacts many for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. And you guys stay tuned for November 12th, Schoolhouse Rock to the Homeschool Revolution. It's gonna, it's coming just a few more weeks um, and it will be in your hands. You guys can start gathering your friends together. Go to schoolhouserocked.com. If you do not yet, um, if you're not yet signed up for the newsletter, make sure you are subscribed to the newsletter um, so that you know all the details of how you're going to be able to watch the movie. Um, we will put links to all things Answers in Genesis in the show notes, including their new Answers um, Bible curriculum and some of their other homeschool curriculum um, as well. So and I wanted to give a really quick plug for one last thing that you guys do, Ken. You have a VBS program that I know a ton of people use and it's fantastic. Yeah, Abby, you use it. Um, and it's so great. So if you guys are, you know, leaders in your church and you're planning your vacation Bible school for this coming summer, check out the Answers in Genesis VBS programs. They are solid. You will not be disappointed. Um, thank you again. Have a great afternoon. We will see you guys back here on Monday with another fantastic guest. Bye.
Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive, Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations. Christian homeschooling simplified.